right. Good morning, Life Center. It is so good to be with you today. I am whew, just a bundle of energy right now. Uh, this week, we uh, have had a couple of our hosts who are unable uh, to fulfill their duties this week and step into that moment that you just saw. And uh, so on Thursday, I called Pastor Sam and I said, hey, I may need you to be ready. People are sick. They're unavailable. It's just, it's just not lining up this week. I may need you to be ready. He's like, okay, I'm going to be the overseer, Like, but we'll make it work if that's what needs to happen. I was like, okay, that's awesome. And Miles was standing right beside me and he goes, I can host. I said, what? He goes, I can host. I said, okay, you want to host with dad? He's like, no. I'm like, no, let's do it together. He's like, fine. <laughs> he was just so excited. Life Center, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, you have no idea how much it means to me. I know that you enjoyed that moment, but even before that moment happened, I got to step back and just thank God for each and every one of you. That a nine-year-old would feel the confidence and the boldness and know that he would be loved as he got up and hosted this morning for you. So uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Uh, as we've already said this morning, our family loves you, and uh, we are just so honored to be a part of what God is doing here. Wasn't worship incredible this morning? Wow. Like such a sense of God's peace in this room. Peace is what we talked about last week as we were going through uh, the story of Zachariah, Elizabeth, and Mary. We talked about how faith can follow our focus. That faith can follow our focus. And Mary had this unbelievable, unexplainable sense of faith and peace about her when even at the young age of 14 years old, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, you are going to be pregnant with the Son of God. She said, I don't know how, but I know, God, that you can. What an amazing moment of belief that we got to share in this last week as we uh, just welcomed in this Christmas season. This morning, we want to talk about joy. We want to talk about finding joy in the midst of our disappointment. Finding joy in the midst of our disappointment. We alluded to him a little bit last week, but this morning our focus is going to be on Joseph. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew. We're going to read uh, from chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 in just a second. That's where we'll focus this morning. But we really want to ask that question, can there be divine appointment in the midst of disappointment? Can there be divine appointment in the midst of disappointment? So what is an appointment? Well, an appointment is something that I have become very good at. It's with these moments of agreement where two people say, okay, let's meet on a selected date and time specifically for a specific reason. This was not something that I grew up doing very well. Even at the beginning of my ministry, right? People would be like, you want to go for a coffee? And I'd be like, no. And they're like, Excuse me? I'm like, no, it's not you. I don't drink coffee. I've learned that you just say, yes, go for coffee. Get yourself a hot chocolate, right? Just take that moment, right? Or a nice apple juice, right? As people are welcoming in the morning, they got their steaming cup of, of, of hot mocha, and you're just like, I'll take an apple juice. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you were 12. You're like, okay, all right. Like, 
Like, just let me, let me live. But divine appointments are super important. They, they, there are times where we say, okay, we agree to meet at this point. We, we have maybe even a set set of circumstances that we're going to say, okay, this is what we're meeting for. With your dentist, you know, right? Bring your wallet. It's just that type of, type of thing, right? It, it, this is a moment where you're like, okay, we're meeting at this time. It's set. I understand. Disappointment is an appointment that we don't plan for. It's a feeling that we can experience when our hopes, our expectations aren't fulfilled in the way we are expecting. Hey, Mitch, so excited that you're here this morning for your dentist appointment. So how do you feel about getting a crown? Let me pick myself up off the floor for a second. All right, sure, doc, whatever you think, right? This is how we do. Disappointments are those moments where you step into a situation or you get that call, or you get that text, and even as you begin to enter into that moment, you get this overwhelming sense of this is not what I had planned. This is not what I had planned. The main character of our story this morning, Joseph, we're introduced to him in such a way. It's wild to say this, but the initial story of Joseph and his firstborn Jesus was full of disappointment. Joseph didn't fully understand what it was that God was about to do. But the beauty of what we're going to see is that God is in the middle, even when Joseph doesn't fully understand it. See, in just a short time, a part of Joseph's story will include a multitude of angels singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased, Luke 2, 14. Peace on earth will come through God first, but it will start with, disrupt, with disrupting peace in Joseph. In Joseph's day, marriage would happen in a two or three step process. It would open with the, the Kedushin, which was the engagement, and end with the Huppa, which was the marriage ceremony. Step one was the betrothal. I'll get there. Step one was the betrothal. Just slow down. This was the part where the parents of a young man were choosing a young woman to be engaged to their son. Step two of the betrothal then involved an appointment where official arrangements, agreements, and a legally binding contract were signed. This contract could only be broken by divorce. While in the betrothal stage, the couple was referred to as husband and wife, but sexual relations were forbidden. Under Mosaic law, sexual unfaithfulness was considered adultery, where the penalty was death by stoning. Step three would be that celebratory moment, the ceremony, the consummation, the wedding night, and the celebration, that wedding feast. Joseph and Mary, as we enter into their stories, are found in between steps two and steps three. They're husband and wife, but they haven't experienced that huppa ceremony yet. Matthew 1, 18 to 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before the night they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her, to divorce her quietly. 
Now, don't miss this. This is crucial. Joseph is a just man. At first glance, Mary's condition is completely unjust. We read, we read last week that she has just been with her cousin Elizabeth uh, for the first trimester uh, of this entire experience. She is not in the vicinity with Joseph. She actually reappears on the scene in Joseph's story. She is about four months pregnant. Joseph's desire in this moment is to maintain his righteousness. He hasn't seen her for months, and now she's pregnant. God is at work in the middle of this story to bring righteousness that far exceeds Joseph's expectations to the world that desperately needs a savior. But at this initial moment, Joseph can't see that. Joseph loves Mary, and even though in this moment he sees her as an adulteress, he is going to divorce her quietly so that she would not be put to shame or at the least, or death at the worst. Though the story is unique in humanity regarding Mary and Joseph, what's not unique are these two things. Number one, God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. Hello? God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. Listen, your plans are fantastic, but church, if they're not God's plans, you don't want to walk through those open doors. Come on. There are times in our lives where everything will look right. The parameters that everybody else has set up for their life that you've established as you look to culture and you look to economics, everything can look right. But if it's not of God, that door can close very quickly. God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. In the midst of disappointment, in the midst of frustration, God can flex our muscles of faith. God can flex our muscles of trust. The second thing is this, is that we often need outside help to see where God is at work. In the midst of that door closing, it can be so difficult to see anything else other than the disappointment that's set right before you. This is why you need the church. Come on. This is why God set it up in his infinite wisdom that you would not be strong enough to walk your journey with God alone. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself in a godly marriage that God has clearly set before you. Listen, you need that person, even when they leave the seat up and in the middle of the night, right? Why? You need that person. You need that person in your life. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Mitch, I'm not married yet. Well, I want to encourage you that God actually defines his relationship with you in the terms of marriage. And so you may not have an earthly marriage that you're a part of, but we are all the bride of Christ. And so here in this room, God has placed you here for a reason so that when doors close, when God in his infinite wisdom says, hey, I know you want to go right, but trust me, we're going left. That you're able to lean into those around you and those beside you where all you can see is the disappointment of the closed doors. Church, you need the family of God. To be able to speak into that moment and say, hey, I've had that same door closed in my life. What? 
I know what it's like to hear that report from the doctor. I know what it's like to receive that call from your child's school. I know what it's like to have a teenager. Church, we need each other. See, these two things are true. God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. His ways are not our ways. We often need outside help to see where God is at work. One of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself before you act is to be present with someone that you trust to help you discern where God may be at work. Joseph is just. His decisions and his actions in hearing that his betrothed and that his wife, that Mary is pregnant, there is nothing wrong in the way that he responds. He actually wants to do it with justice. He wants to do it with righteousness. He wants to leave her in a place where she can continue on in her journey, but she, he, he just can't wrap his mind around the fact that this is God. Joseph is just. But if he acts only in his own justice, his rashness would place Mary in a predicament that would leave her in an unjust place. This is not Mary's doing. Mary is not an adulteress. God is at work. Mary and Joseph, not due to the work of darkness, but because God is at work, are experiencing disappointment in the midst of a divine appointment. This was not in the plans. Again, while we know that this is very specific to Mary and Joseph, who hasn't had life create a moment where you step in and say, this was not in the plans. I told you just a few weeks ago of the story of Cassie calling me on the way to Pastor Elizabeth's house with a couple of the ladies from the church, and she called and she said, hey. I said, Hey. How you doing? This is amazing. Didn't think I'd talk to you for hours. Uh, she said, you know, call CAA. Oh, dear. Okay. We are pulled over on the side of the highway. The car is dying. All right. Cool. That wasn't in the plans. See, one of the things that we didn't tell you is that just a couple months ago, we had already in the plans of our finances offloaded a hefty sum to keep that car on the road. And immediately as Cassie gave me that call, my thought went to God, what are you doing? We couldn't afford the first repair. You know we can't afford whatever this is. What are you doing? How many of us have been in a moment like that? Where we receive a diagnosis. Step in that moment and say, God, what are you doing? God, you know me. I know that you know me. Why is this the path that you would lead me down? Joseph finds himself in the exact same place where he's looking at his wife-to-be and says, God, this isn't the plan. We were so excited. We had this great plan, this great ceremony. We wanted to have kids together. Joseph didn't plan for his first child to be one that he would step into in the form of adoption. But God is a huge fan of adoption, isn't he? Oh, come on. Someone need to hear that today. 
our God is a huge fan of adoption. In the initial story of sending his son to earth, that the father, his earthly father, would step in and say, hey, even though this isn't according to plan, Matthew chapter 1, 20 to 23, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In his disappointment, Joseph now understood two profound things about God's appointments. They're known to God, but they're unknown to us. God is at work And what you think is most accurate isn't. God is at work. And what you think is most accurate isn't. You may have had your peace disrupted and think that God doesn't love you. You're wrong. You may be disappointed and think that God is not good. You're wrong. God is good. Even though this isn't, God still is. Once heard Pastor Craig Rochelle tease this verse out and, 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 and answer this question this way. He said, you know, how can we be so sure that God is at work in the mess of our stories? How can we be so sure that he's to be found in the places of profound disappointment? Well, it's because of this. We are his purpose. That's why. How can we be so sure that God is to be found in the middle of it? Because he loves us with everything that he has. Church, he has not left you. He has not dismissed you. He has not abandoned you. No, we know that our Father in heaven, he has adopted us. He has invited us in to be a part of his family. His goal for us, his desire for us is that we would live a life that is more abundant than anything that we could achieve on our own. That we would have a peace that goes beyond any understanding that our five senses can master. That we would have a joy that would go so deep that we wouldn't hunger and thirst after happiness because we would know that we are positionally placed in the courtroom of God. We read why God was willing to disrupt the peace of Joseph. How this appointment was really a divine appointment for a greater vision. Matthew one twenty one says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph may not have seen himself as a stepfather, but God was at work. He never envisioned this story for his life, but God was at work. God is at work, and what you think is most accurate sometimes isn't.
Matthew 1, 24 to 25, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. God's purpose always comes with the specific point of obedient action. In Joseph's story, it was to call his name Jesus, and he did so. Church, in our own lives, I want to encourage you that there are divine appointments around the corner. Amen? If that disappointment has it transformed to a divine appointment, I want to encourage you. It's because God isn't finished yet. Come on. If that disappointment hasn't transformed to a divine appointment, if you aren't able to to step away and say, listen, the story isn't good yet, well, it's because God is not quite done. Our God is in control, and you can trust him. You can trust him. I know that there are many of us this morning that have walked in with heavy hearts today reports that we've gotten this week or things that have taken place maybe a year ago today, a few years ago up until this moment. Church, I want to encourage you. God is in the middle of your story and he will see you through. There are testimonies this morning right here in this room of wild disappointment. But God of wild disappointment. It was not the way that I had planned for my story to go. But God, we heard one of those wild disappointment stories this morning, didn't we? From Andre. So many times where if you just looked at a story at face value, you would say, well, why in the world would you give your heart to God? Look at the life that that God had placed you in. Ah, but God was there in the middle of it all. And redemption was always a part of the plan. Church, I want to encourage you today, in the middle of your story, God is present. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Maybe you're brand new to this thing called faith. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just beginning to explore. What could it possibly mean to believe what the Bible says? We want to invite you to come be a part of Alpha. You don't have to walk this journey by yourself. We want to do it together. Ask the questions. There are answers. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. And there's one of those moments of disappointment that has recently come up and you just can't seem to see God clearly. Well, maybe this morning is your moment for divine appointment. Where God will remind you of a story that changed the world where, yes, Joseph didn't understand it, but God was in the middle. Church, you may not understand it, but I promise you, God is in the middle. Some things that take place in our lives, we won't get the answers for here on earth. But we can have this as the core of our faith, that one day we will see him face to face and every tear will be wiped away. Every tear will be wiped away as we see our God fully in his glory. I believe that he's going to sit with us 
and answer those questions face to face in relationship. And there will be a beauty in the praise and the worship that leaves our mouth for all of eternity. God's ways are not our ways. The mysteries of heaven are sometimes hard to embrace here on earth, but our God is good. Come on. Our God is good. He is peace. He is joy. He is righteousness. He is holy. And he is with us. Let's pray. Jesus. God, I open the space to you right now. Holy Spirit, would you speak as you spoke to Joseph? Holy Spirit, would you speak today? God, I pray for a heavenly embrace this morning for those who are seeking answers to questions that they just can't find the answers to. Lord God, I pray for an uplifting of our spirit today that would come from a hand extended, a kind word said this morning as we remember that we're all in this together, God. So, Lord, I pray that your family would speak encouragement to one another. God, that we would speak wisdom to one another, that we'd be able to uh, appoint people in the direction of faith when all it is that they can see is that closed door. God, if there are those in the sound of my voice today, whether online or in person, who are wondering where in the world you are in the midst of a diagnosis, if there's somebody today that has received just constant harassment online and they just don't know where it is that you are, God, I pray today that you would be found in the middle of their story. For you are with us. I didn't just name you Emmanuel. It's who you are, God. Jesus, it's who you are. It's just words given to the character that was already present in who you are. You are with us. So, Lord, I pray that you would be with us today. God, I pray for those who already are just having those moments of stepping back and being like, I remember God stepping into those moments that I, God, where you receive all the praise and all the glory. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that that testimony of the unimaginable would be so near to our lips today. Help us to tell our kids. Help us to tell our neighbors. Help us to take stories into our workplaces tomorrow of those times when you showed up in ways that we couldn't possibly predict because that's who you are. So God, we love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for your plan. I thank you for this city. I thank you for our world. God, would you be God all over the globe? We pray peace in this season. We pray peace in this season in our lives, in the areas that you've placed us, may peace reign. But for our world, God, I pray that peace would be something that we would hunger for. All the glory and all the honor this morning to you and to you alone, God. This is your house, and we are so grateful to be welcomed within. In your heavenly name, amen. Amen, amen. Whew.
Woo, church, what a Sunday. I am, woo. If you want to stay for the 1045, I am. It's going to be so good. Um, we just want to encourage you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we do have prayer here at the end, so please don't feel like you have to just go. If you would like to continue to engage with what God is already doing in your heart, we want to invite you up to the front. Uh, just go enjoy today. Can we do that? Can we go enjoy today? Even if your circumstance says that you shouldn't have it, God's desire is that you would walk within it. So good. That's our God. On behalf of the rest of the pastoral staff, we are so honored to be your pastors. We love you so much. Have a great and amazing week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.